0: This is the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Melrose, teaching influencers and bloggers how to become successful entrepreneurs. This is episode 103 of the Influencer Entrepreneurs Podcast with Jenny Morrows. Today, I am so excited about this interview that I am doing with Jacqueline Malone. She and I are diving into what exactly imposter syndrome looks like and the steps to actually overcome it. Not only are you gonna have actionable items to do and to put into place into your business, but you're gonna know exactly what it looks like so that you can Recognize it and then take those steps to overcome it. But before we dive in, I want to make sure that as this episode is airing, it is New Year's Eve, which means it is almost 2019. And I want to make sure that as you hear in this episode, it's important to have a support system in place so that you can overcome any of this mindset, the mindset issues that you may be running into. So I want you to be aware that right now for the next week or so, we are running a promotion on the Mastering Your Influence, which is my membership site. Now, Mastering Your Influence is an exclusive community of bloggers and influencers that are looking to scale their businesses. In our membership site, you get immediate access to over 100 trainings. Now, unlike any other membership site that is out there, we are putting out new content weekly, and it is done live so that you are able to get your questions answered then and there. Plus, if you were to come on as a Gold member, you're also getting one on one time with me where we get on via video and we dive into your business. There's a whole lot that I can cover. You know, I talk fast. Believe me, when we are working through our time together on one on one, we are able to really move you forward and get past any of the mindset issues like imposter syndrome, which we're about to talk about. All right, guys, you are ready for some changes in your business in 2019, then you're going to want to dive into this. Here we go. It is Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern. I am live here with Jacqueline Malone. Jacqueline, how are you? Hello. I'm good. How are you? I am so excited to get to talk to you because I think the topic of imposter syndrome that we're talking about just spreads like wildfire. And we often don't even realize that that's what it is. But I'm also excited to get to talk to you because you and I met in person. Um It was back in July at Podcast Movement, right? Yes, yes. And we actually have uh, Jacqueline is from, lives up towards Rochester, which is where my husband is from. So we were talking about the area and all the snow, of course. <laughs> <laughs> So Jacqueline, will you introduce yourself to my audience and
1: to tell us a little bit about your business and a little bit about yourself, of course, too? Sure. So, hello, I'm Jacqueline Malone. I am a marketing and mindset coach, and I help experts create profitable personal brands. And so, I've been podcasting with the Up and your lady business podcast for. Over three years and over 300 episodes. But it, going into January, I'm actually rebranding it, which is a whole other story, but it's going to be the Go To Gal podcast. I'm super excited about that. And yeah, so much of my background is marketing, but so much of putting ourselves out there of personal brands is so freaking personal and brings up all of this mindset stuff. So that's really where that first came into play for my own business. And then once I started bringing my clients along with that journey, I joke that's when they actually started implementing. So it's such an important conversation and one that I don't think is brought up enough. So I love that like you are like, we need to talk about this because yes... Feeling like you, and most of the time when you have imposter syndrome, unless you've been reading a lot of personal development books, you probably don't even know like that this is a thing, right? So you're really just second guessing yourself, like having all this self-doubt, all this inner mean girl talk, and, and feeling like you're not good enough to do the things that you're really excited about and dreaming about doing. And it can feel really lonely and isolating. So I have experienced that so many times throughout my journey. Every single person I've worked with has experienced the same thing. And now I feel like I'm like an imposter syndrome evangelist. I'm like, we need to know about this. We need to talk about it because it is part of the journey. And it is not just something that happens early on in business. I really find that every time you're pushing yourself to get to that next level of business, whatever that is, this feeling of imposter syndrome comes up. And it's really just our brain trying to protect us. But we have to know how to spot it and catch it and reframe it and flip it around. So it doesn't get in our way from from really achieving our goals. It's
0: it's so true. The way that you said it's always when you're talking about going to the next level and moving to the next level, because I did. I actually had a meeting yesterday with my personal coach. And I totally went through it. Like I was in tears. I could feel myself like starting to get upset because I realized though afterwards, we're talking about these huge goals and moving it to the next level. And oh my God, who am I to think that I can do this? I think that that's the thought that always comes into my head. It's who am I to think that this is even possible? Like off my rocker a lot of times.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And in those moments, like your coach or your friends or your followers are like, who are you not to, right? And that they see you in such a different way. But it's like, those feelings are real. And it's important that we validate that, you know, is a good starting point. Yes.
0: And I think too, with part of this, um, Michelle Obama, there was a recent article that was actually just published about her. i um, talking about how she feels imposter syndrome all the time. And it's always in high performing women. I think that that's the piece that we often will miss is like, we think, oh, it's just a woman thing or it's just a me thing. When in reality, it's because we're high performing and setting these crazy goals that we know can actually come true, but um, that kind of starts to creep in. So it's just so funny to like, really put it into perspective of it. It's high performing. It's because that's who you are, Mm -hmm. that it's coming
1: in and it's not necessarily a bad thing. The key thing to bring up because, and I actually... To when I first started trying to build a business, it was funny because I, I remember having the conversation with my coach at the time and saying, I am such a confident person. I'm like, in my life, in my you know previous career, I was always so confident, right? But I was never really pushing myself outside of my comfort zone. And as soon as I started to build my own business, I was like, leaping so far outside of that comfort zone. And that was bringing up all of these feelings of self-doubt self and insecurity and fear and really imposter syndrome around a lot of things. And it was because I was moving into being more of a high achiever. And not that I had, I mean, I had a great career, but it was it was always the, the track. I, my hands are not in the screen, but, <laughs> but it was always more of the expected track. And I wasn't my day-to-day life was not challenging myself and my belief systems the way that growing my business was. So that's such a good reminder for us too, of like, this is why we're having that feeling. If you look around and your friends in real life don't feel like that, it's because they're not trying to do big things like you're doing.
0: Yes, and it's big things that you're kind of like, there's steps missing. Where I feel like, like you said, when I was a teacher, formally, that I could see... The steps, like it was just kind of outlined what you did next and how you were going to continue to move up. Whereas when we get into the online marketing world and trying to run our businesses online, those steps, you don't even know what the next step is because there could be a new social media platform tomorrow that we all think we need to jump all over. So <laughs>
1: it's so, so, true.
0: so crazy. I love the way that you talked about the fact that it can feel very almost lonely because you feel like you're, who are you? You kind of doubt this. And I think it's even more so an issue for us being online because we don't have support systems in place. And the people that we do have in our lives often don't understand what we're talking about or the feelings that we're having. So how do you feel like you have overcome some of your imposter syndrome with it when it comes to I guess the support more than anything else is what I've really kind of feel like
1: it's not always there. It's not. And it's important to know who you're talking to too. Right. And a lot of times we'll bring this up to friends and family and we're either going to get one or two responses. Right. We're either going to get the really encouraging, like, of course you're qualified and they're going to say like all the facts, right. Of why we're qualified to do something. And it, it always helps. I think, you know, reading and receiving praise is always a good good thing to take away when you have imposter syndrome. It's always something that can help. But a lot of times... It's, we're not having these feelings with the rational part of our brain, right? Rationally, we know these things. So it's really this like subconscious irrational part of our brain that's like freaking out about it. So having someone reflect that back to us, sure, it can help. It might give a little bit of a quick boost, um, but it probably isn't going to totally shift the feeling. And sometimes we actually get the opposite. Depending on who we're asking in our life, they might be like, yeah, you're crazy to do that (laughs) because that's their own uh, limiting beliefs or life view or just not really understanding what you're trying to do. So I would say going to like friends and family while, you know, I would say not to like keep it from them is probably not your best bet in really getting out of this imposter syndrome rut. Uh, But first step I would say is always to validate the feeling. Really like knowing that like, okay, I am feeling this way and starting to be, conscious of how it's showing up for you. So there's so many different ways. I won't get into, I, it's be impossible to get into all the ways because I do think it's different for everyone. But to just start noticing the points where you're holding yourself back. So that can be, have it can be more obvious of having thoughts of, of self-doubt or self-sabotage. Well, self-sabotage is a little bit trickier, but self-doubt or insecurities or literally thinking like, who am I to do this or I'm not good enough to do it. But sometimes it shows up as self-sabotage which is a little bit trickier to catch, right? It can be procrastination. Um, so if there's something you keep putting off that you know you should be doing, that's something to keep mind to. Um, you know, I'll, I'll joke too, like, Sometimes we like sit down to do something that's like important or hard. And like, all of a sudden we're hungry or have to go to the bathroom. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like, funny how that happens, right? (laughs) It just gets moved on the, you know, on the board to to day to day to day to week to week to week. And sometimes if we're not conscious of it it may never happen. Right. Uh, Other for me, one of the ways it shows up the most is through creativity. So in moments where I really need to be. Um the most on or performing at my highest level, a lot of times I'll get really creative ideas for very random things that would distract me from that. And at first I would be like questioning myself, like, should I not be doing this launch? Should I be following this whole new business idea that I'm really excited about and really passionate about? And then I started noticing this trend, the more and more I dove into my own mindset work, and was like, okay, this is a form of self-sabotage. We're going to put those ideas on a parking lot to revisit at a later time. And I need to stay present for whatever this thing is that I'm doing. So really starting to just build awareness around how is imposter syndrome showing up for you? Because that's like awareness is like more than you're more than halfway there. Because most of the people don't even realize that this is happening, that there's a name for this. And that like this is not actually that you're not qualified, or this isn't the right time for you, or that you shouldn't be doing this, that it's all these beliefs that are holding you back. So I think that's like the biggest piece right there is the awareness. But I do have steps for the other reasons. <laughs> but I just want to like cement that in of like, just being aware that you have imposter syndrome, like you're more than halfway there. Yes. And I think that that's a piece
0: that we often kind of overlook. But the fact that you're talking about procrastination and, and give the and it's not the way that I normally would think of procrastination is like, I'll go and I'll just like stream on Facebook, or I'm going to go watch Instagram stories, right? But the way that you're saying it as it's more of a creative idea that comes in to make you procrastinate, to distract you, to make you think second. guess. I never even thought of it that way. And that is what often happens is like something new, creative and exciting. And I'm like, oh, well, that's where I need to be. And I think that that happens to all of us, especially when there are so many movies pieces to our businesses when it comes to the marketing when it comes to well here's instagram stories and oh wait but facebook live and oh wait let's do this and it's just so difficult so with those ideas do you like keep a notebook or do you how do you kind of like bring in your focus to make sure that you get
1: moving forward Okay, so first step is you have to get it on paper. So as soon as you start getting these uncomfortable thoughts or noticing uh, that you're having this pattern of behavior, it's so important to get it out of your head and onto paper. Because in our head, it feels 10 times, 100 times. I don't have like exact statistics on this, but it feels a lot bigger, right? It feels it feels really big and heavy. And and I think that's part of the, even like the loneliness of it too, is that in our head, it just always weighs on us so much more. And when it's in our head, I'm not completely skilled with the science of this, but when it's in your head, you're not really able to analyze it with with the logical part of your brain. As soon as you're able to get it down on paper, now you're able to use the logical part of your brain and actually start to like look at it a different way and challenge yourself on, why am I thinking these things? So first step is definitely like get it on paper. Now, after it's on paper, Really take some time. And this is where maybe getting some friends or business friends, coaches, whoever you have in your life to support and mentor you involved would really help to really separate the facts from the fiction, right? So here's the thing in our head, it all feels like facts. like Beliefs feel like facts. Your beliefs are so ingrained in you that you don't think of them as beliefs. You think of them as facts. But once we get it on paper, you're able to look at it through that logical lens. And I think at this point too, if it is still a little blurry for you, this is where you get in, get in some help from your mentors and support system to say, okay, is this really a fact? Or is this something that is just a story that I'm telling myself? Is this a limiting belief that I have? And sometimes it can be hard to tell them apart which is why I think having other people help but even just having that critical lens because that's the key right there is that you are holding your beliefs so closely as facts and that's what's getting in your way so if you can start to like shed some light on like oh this is just a belief that I hold this isn't the way it is this isn't a fact then we can start to rewrite what those stories are
0: Now, when you're finding that support system, because I think I've had different people in my life that are not necessarily family, but are also online, and I thought they were the right support system. But then I've actually seen that they've, how do you determine if it's the right group, the right people? There's so many Facebook groups that we can be a part of. There's so many different, I mean, there's membership sites, there's coaches, there's so many different things that are out there. How do we kind of hone in on what's the right fit for us and our personality?
1: Oh, that's a big question. <laughs> <I> know, <laughs> well, one, I think I that real connection is so important and taking the that. time to build those relationships before you need them. And when I say before I need them, I mean, before you need them for situations like this, before you need them for situations where, you know, maybe they're going to connect you to other people that would help you grow your business. There's so many ways, but just taking the time to build real, genuine relationships online. And the first step to doing that is to get out of the Facebook group, right? So you can meet the person in the Facebook group, but then you have to actually hear their voice and get on a phone call or see their face and get on a Zoom chat and really start to build a relationship. And I'll say, um, it's kind of funny to say this as a tip, but it's something that I've realized throughout my own building relationships is that vulnerability creates connection. And so if you want to get beyond the surface level talk in these coffee chats, be vulnerable. You go first, you lead first, let people really into what's going on and taking that like, you know, Instagram perfect facade off for a second and just like really letting people in. And that's going to give space for them to let their guard down too. And that's how you really create connection. And then you're going to know who you really feel that connection with and who you feel safe with and who you connect with. And when you have a situation like this, I think at that point, you'll instinctually know who the people you can go to are.
0: That Honestly, that was... And I'm kind of going... It's put me right back to when I met you because I feel like I was very honest with you at that point. Like we had a conversation about trying to hire in our businesses. And yeah. I mentioned that to you right off the bat. And I think the way that you handled the way that you talked to me, the way that we kind of like were able to like see it from the same point of view and then Yes, oh my goodness, being vulnerable, such a good one.
1: I love that. Jacqueline. <laughs> but it's true. You almost take it for granted, which is I for for me, I take it for granted in business because it's very natural for me. but it's funny. I'll tell you a quick story. In my personal life, I was noticing you know working from home as much as I'm an extrovert and very chatty, I was finding that I really struggled with like small talk. Like I would take my daughter to pre-K and like all the moms are standing in line. And I'm like, oh, it's snowing today. And like, I'm like, I feel so socially awkward, which is funny because I'm not usually socially awkward. And I'm like, I really don't know what to talk about. And I was kind of feeling guilty that I, you know, I like hadn't really made any like, quote unquote, mom friends from her class. And one day my mom went and did drop off and that night we're talking and she was like oh my gosh and emerson's mom was doing this and she had surgery and then she and i'm like what <laughs> I'm like how do you know like emerson's mom's whole life story after just doing drop off one day and here i am like trying to talk about the weather and so awkward and it was funny cuz i so i'm asking her And she's like, well, I started telling her about my knee and then how I was in pain and all of this stuff. And then she and I'm like, of course. Of course, right? Like she led with her vulnerability. She was being real. She was the one that wasn't just talking about the weather. And of course, that led room for someone else to share their story and for them to have connection over that. And I, it was just a much needed reflection and reminder for me that this isn't just for business. This is in all areas of life. And that whenever we're in those like socially <laughs> like awkward moments, uh, instead of like looking around us of what can we talk about, like let's like go in and what can we share with what's going on in our life cuz that leaves room for them to share too. So
0: that was just a huge aha moment for me because I am not an extrovert. I'm actually an introvert. So I struggle with this so badly to the point where after conferences I'm exhausted, not from having spoken, but because I'm terrible at small talk. <laughs> and not even that, but like you said in the preschool line, I was never really close with and the only moms that I have gotten close were probably the moms that I was comfortable with and shared stories and moments and it's because they did it first and then I felt like I could open up oh my goodness makes so much more sense okay
1: we're I'm a little topic, but this but I think this is important
0: <laughs> yes it is it's a piece of it like it just becomes a part of like how we kind of deal with it and it's all that self-reflection I think totally. to, in order to overcome imposter syndrome you have to self-reflect and I think that that's part of what we're definitely t- talking about All right, so continue with the next step. So we've kind of gone through being vulnerable and writing it
1: down. And, and then once you support. have it on paper, then you're really going through and, and sorting out the facts from the fiction, the facts from the stories, and, and really figuring out like what is true. And sometimes there are going to be things that are true. Sometimes we're not qualified on paper for something. That's okay. That doesn't mean that you can't go after this thing, right? But sometimes there's these bigger stories that we're telling ourselves. And a lot of times the stories are that because we don't have x degree or x numbers of experience that we can't do the thing and unless we're literally applying for a position that is like it is not going to accept you if you don't have this degree or whatever it is which is usually not the case none of those things matter so that's where it's separating the facts from the stories and then what and that's where i say like okay bring in bring in these people now that you've been vulnerable with that you can that you can share this with because it is hard to really tell the difference sometimes once you've done that, then we need to rewrite these stories and really reframe them. So, are there any scenarios that come up a lot with your clients that we can give some specific examples? Because I think that always helps. And I can use myself as an example, but sometimes it helps if there's something that's common. Yeah.
0: So, I would say that a lot of times, because I, um, a lot of the bloggers that I'm working with are pitching brands in order to create like a sponsored campaign with them. A lot of times, they're not asking. It's a lot to do with price. They don't know how to ask for a price that they deserve. So they will often feel like, well, who am I to ask for this amount of money, even though I have this many followers and this much traffic, and clearly they deserve it. Um, but they're normally underselling themselves, I think. Totally. So I guess moving forward on something like that, as far as how do they look at it, a lot of them won't even I have some that will take my course and then never send a pitch. They'll never send out that email because not even that... I I don't think they're afraid of getting the no. I just think that they don't feel like they're ready. They don't feel like they're at that point. When in reality, some of them are more than
1: ready. Totally. Okay. So for this one, a thought in their head might be, I can't ask for this kind of money because I don't have as many followers as so-and-so right? So, comparisonitis here. We're comparing to someone else. We don't really know what that person is, is charging, right? But we're saying, I who am I to ask for this because I don't have that many followers? So, a reframe here. And what I think is important with the reframe is that it's believable, right? So, if you're like, I can ask for, for that much money because I have just as many followers, <laughs> but you don't, right? And we're smart and and your brain is going to know that. And so that's where it's like, okay, well, don't just lie to yourself, right? Because your brain is going to know that there's going to be friction there and you can stand in front of the mirror every day and say, I have just as many followers as so-and-so, but you're not going to believe it. And it's not actually true, right? Now, it may someday be true. You may have more followers than that person someday, but in this exact moment, it's not. And that's where I think it's important with the reframe to focus on how can we reframe this to be empowering instead of disempowering. So maybe you don't have as many followers as someone else, but what do you have? Do you have a really engaged audience? Do you have an audience that really trusts you? Do you have an audience that really needs the help of whatever brand you want to be promoting? Is it really aligned? What is your competitive advantage? Right? In the past, I've had situations where when I was first starting out in business, I'm like, I am pregnant and throwing up every day. And, and other people in my space like are going to conferences and rubbing elbows with all these influencers. And I am like here with my toddler by myself. Right. Um, and at the time, my market was moms. My market now is, is no longer moms, but at the time it was. And I was like really getting down on myself of like, who am I to be like in this space when I'm not out and doing these things and with these other people. And I reframed it. I was like, you know what? I'm more relatable to my audience because they're in the same place I am. Right. So I was able to, to really reframe that. And it's, the people I was comparing myself to, they had their own competitive advantage. I needed my own. So just rewriting that sentence to say, you know, I'm the right partner for this brand because my audience is really aligned with it or whatever it is, right? So to really write that in a way that it's believable and to believe it and to have that confidence. It's funny. I just... In a uh, podcast accelerator group that I have with Farnush Tarabi, this just came up not too long ago because when I first launched our podcast after 4 months, and we had about 7,000 downloads a month, which maybe sounds like a lot, but we were still very early stages. And our episodes were under 500 downloads an episode. Now, when you Google search online... You know sponsorships for podcasts, you can't even get pricing for if you're getting under 4,000 downloads an episode. So in the podcasting world, these were not big numbers and we were still very new for being a podcast. But we had a very specific audience and we knew that we could really partner with a brand and share it. And so we pitched our whole platforms at the time, which again, we're not very big. We didn't have big email lists. We didn't have big social followings, but we were able to to pitch and just say like, we're using, um, we're using these products. We love them. We want to share them. And at that point in time, we were able to bring on a paid sponsor for $100 an episode, which if you Googled, would have been completely unheard of, right? right? But it was because the way we presented it and we're like, we love, we love using this tool online. We want to share this with our like we're able to like customize this and um and really speak from our own experience. And they loved that, right? It was it was not their typical pitch, likely. Right. So I think. Having that confidence to do it is such a big piece, and it's easy to say that. But if you're working through this process and you're in a group like yours, where you're surrounded by other people doing it, take advantage of that momentum. Borrow some confidence from your friends in that Facebook group, and and just take a leap there. Oh my goodness, yes,
0: and that's and that's exactly what they do. Like a lot of times, and if it isn't necessarily the being able to say the audience, it could be their expertise. A lot of times. Many of us created, my audience has created their blog because of their expertise in their past. So being able to kind of hinge into that, we always talk about that. So I love, 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 love that.
1: So, All right, I, so. I kind of buried the last tip in that one. So I, was gonna say, <laughs> I knew there was one more. Go ahead. <laughs> so the last tip is to take action, right? Is to take that leap. and And the key here is to not take the really big leap that is super scary, but to take a small leap in that direction. So you're not like completely outside of your comfort zone and your brain is like freaking out, but to really take some action that's going to move you in that direction. And the brands that we pitched, we weren't talking with, I don't even know, like big big companies where they would have like a person assigned to us and they were like always negotiating and stuff, right? Right. We were talking with the founder of a smaller business online. It was a big one. It was a well-known brand in our niche, but we weren't talking with like Big media departments, right? So it was it was a small step in that direction, and it was an email, right? It was it was a way to put myself out there in a way that wasn't like completely outside of my comfort zone. But how can you break down those steps? How can you allow yourself to see those next couple steps, right? Back to our conversation earlier, so you don't feel like you're jumping off a cliff and terrifying yourself, um, but you're just taking a couple of those steps in the right direction, and that's going to ease you into it. And if you start really digging into those those reframes that you have, like start telling them to yourself every day, write them down, repeat them. Um, I have an app that helps with that, you know, whatever way you want to do it, but to really start rewriting those stories that are in your head. So they're actually encouraging you and motivating you and not pulling you back. And when you pair that with action, that's when the magic happens.
0: So good. So... I'm a huge, always, always trying to continue to educate, continue. I love to read. Do you have any books that you would recommend for mindset?
1: I, I'm a big fan of Jen Sincero. Um, And, and I love her. Are we allowed to swear on here? (laughs) (laughs) They know what you're talking about. (laughs) Okay. We'll just, if you don't know, just Google Jensen Sincero. Uh, But she has two books. I actually love the money one even better. But I, one of the reasons why I love her, one, I think she's brilliant when it comes to mindset. And one, because she shares so many great stories that just allow you to really like get insight from a different way. But two, because... She it's, she makes it fun. She makes it funny, and this this can be really heavy stuff. And and I try to tell stories and make it light too, because it can feel really heavy and dark. And and I think it when there's ever when there's things that are like that, not that we want to make fun of them, but if we can give it some breathing room and laugh about it. and You know, it it makes it easier to talk about. And when it's easier to talk about, it becomes more normal for us to talk about. And when it's more normal for us to talk about, we're talking about it. And it's not this deep, dark thing that we're like hiding to ourselves and like weighing us down and just keep shoving down in our head of like, that's an inconvenient thought, but it's really weighing on us. So I, I love that she makes it something that we can really talk about and dive into and in a fun way. And her voice is just so amazing. I love the audiobooks. Sometimes I'll just listen to 10 minutes, like just to get to like, shift my mood a little bit. Um, right. Cause there's something about her voice and her intonations that just do that for me. So that I think those are great, more modern ones that are really good. Um, but, you know, going back to like, I don't know the, the classics, if you will, but uh, the seven habits of highly effective people is like probably the best mindset book you could have as well. But it's not as like funny.
0: Right. Yeah, no, she is definitely great. So Deborah, it's her one is we'll just kind of bleep it. You are a bad mm. And then the other the money
1: one is You are a bad mm, at making money. Okay, there we go. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. We I got like it. Oh, we don't have the bleeping effects, but we'll right. just we'll We
0: beeped it ourselves. <laughs> Perfect. Well, Jacqueline, this has been amazing. And really, honestly, like to be able to move forward, to be able to kind of like take this stuff, look it in the face, and then be able to take the action step to continue to move forward. So, so good. Now, where can everyone find you? What are the best places as far as social media, as far as your podcast, all of that kind of good stuff?
1: Yes. So if you are listening to this before January 7th, it is likely the all up in your lady business podcast. But if it is after January 7th of 2019, it is go to gal. Uh, And then I love Instagram on Instagram. I'm Jacqueline underscore Malone. And if you go to Malone.com forward slash goodies, I actually have a section there where I have all of my freebies. But the one that I think you'd be interested in the most is there's an exercise that really walks you through how to figure out what your limiting beliefs are. And... Sometimes that's even hard in and of itself. So going to that, it's not the most fun exercise because it is going to make you dig deep and explore some things that maybe you've been pushing to the side or (laughs) procrastinating thinking on or just pretending you're not thinking about. But if you actually take the time and dig in and do it, the powerful takeaways that come from that exercise can literally change the course of your business. So you can grab that in there as long, along with a whole bunch of other freebies. Awesome. So if you're listening to the podcast, we will link
0: to all of those in the show notes. Um, if you are live with us right now, that is up in the description of the Facebook post so that you can grab that, go there now, get the exercise done and be able to move forward. Jacqueline, thank you so much for taking the time to come on. I
1: appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for having me.
0: Of course. All right, guys, I will talk to you all soon. All right, guys. Well, there you have it. Clearly, Jacqueline and I probably could have kept talking about this from personal experience as well as working with clients as far as overcoming imposter syndrome. So I truly appreciate you all diving in with us. Make sure that if you haven't already had a chance to click over to the show notes, that you do follow all of Jacqueline wherever she is, as well as make sure you take advantage of the special that we are running on Mastering Your Influence, my membership site. You guys, I love seeing how you are listening to the podcast, seeing your stories on Instagram stories. One of my favorite things, I love seeing that you're either running in the pool or if you're out for a walk with your dog, whatever it might be. So if you're listening to the podcast, take a screenshot and add it to your Insta stories. Make sure you tag me at Jenny underscore Melrose so I can be sure to leave you a comment thanking you as well as to reshare it to my audience as well. I appreciate you all so much. If you do have a chance, I would absolutely love it if you would leave me a review on iTunes. It just helps other influencers and bloggers to be able to find the podcast. So thank you guys so much for listening in. And until next time, I will see you all then.